Well, good morning. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Perspectives from WFSU Public Media. I'm Tom Flanagan. You are always welcome to be part of the conversation at 850-414-1234. Or you can send us an email, perspectives at wfsu.org. Let's hop into the time machine and go back here probably about... Close to 60 years when every Saturday morning, if you were tuning into the black and white TV, you were more likely than not to see and hear something that sounded like this. The manufacture of an old-fashioned wagon wheel in the second half of the 20th century if you thought the automobile and truck had replaced the wagon, you're 99% correct. But that other 1% means plenty of business to firms like this one, which is still turning out thousands of wagons a year at the dawn of the jet age. A classic production called Industry on Parade that came out from the National Association of Manufacturers each and every Saturday morning. And there was some thinly veiled propaganda on behalf of the organization when it came to political policy and all that kind of thing. But still, it was a really nice overview of manufacturing around the country, not just the big folks like the steel mills and the automobile producers and all, but even like that wagon wheel producer that we just got the introduction to in uh, little parts of the country that maybe very few people had ever visited. Well, here in Leon County, we were traditionally and historically not exactly a seething hotbed of production. Uh, we did do things like uh, we made boxes over at the box plant in what is now a very nice park off of Lake Bradford Road. There was also a brick works and several other small manufacturing entities as well. But fast forward to today, and there actually is a lot of different industries that can be found in our area, and more are very likely on the way. We're going to talk about that in the course of this Perspectives as we focus on a new manufacturing initiative and meet some folks who are, even as we speak, involved in industry. So let's go around the table and meet the folks. One is a person who is no stranger to this room, Christina Paredes, the director of the Tallahassee Leon County Office of Economic Vitality. And uh, I guess we can say Happy New Year, Christina. We haven't talked since last year. Yeah, I guess we can, Tom. Thank you so much for having us on today and talking about one of our key um, targeted industries, manufacturing. Well, thank you for coming, Christina. And you also brought from OEV, uh, the guy who is with business development in that department, and that is uh, Kevin Gerke. It's good to see you, Kevin. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having us here this morning. Yes, uh, my role with OEV is to um, bring in manufacturers to help them and uh, get them to grow and, and bring more jobs to the area. Well, we, t we said that there were some manufacturers with us. We're going to meet some of them, too. Uh, um, Christina Chancey, Senior HR Manager for Dan Foss Turbocore, which is our preeminent production facility here in Leon County. Christina, thanks for coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. All right. And uh, let's see. We also have Tracy Cohen, President of Target Print and Mail. Tracy? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. And let's see. We're uh, going to uh, toast everybody appropriately now with a brew from Deep Brewing where Marsha Lapete is the owner. And, and technically that is Greater Depths Distributing is the name of the umbrella corporation there, right? That's correct. My husband owns Deep Brewing and I'm a co-owner with his brother in the Greater Depths Distributing 
company. Okay. Thanks a, for having us. Yeah, it is It is great. And it, was, it was good to see you guys, too, at the last uh, Beer Fest. You're going to be at the next one here as they put Absolutely. that together? Absolutely. Absolutely. We love supporting Ben. Okay. Uh, back to you, Christina Paredes. Again, this kind of flies in the face of our concept of Leon County. We think of the universities and, oh, yes, the research potential and everything that everyone yaks about all the time. And here at Innovation Park, and which is where Dan Foster Bacore is and hopefully some other places here, too. But we still don't think of us as a manufacturing center. How can you change that or should we change that? I, I think that just adds to who Leon County Tallahassee is um, and, you know, the representation at the table of the different types of manufacturers that are in our area. We know, um, you know, our office, like Kevin mentioned, is focused on grow, uh, attracting new companies, assisting existing companies for expanding and creating new jobs. And when we did our targeted industry study back in 2018, it was very clear, but for some assistance and the help and concentrated effort within manufacturing, you weren't going to see a lot of growth. And since then, there's projected to be a 5% growth in manufacturing in our in our area. And since 2015, you've also seen a 15% growth in the gross regional product for our 10-county area, up around to $1.4 billion right now. Wow, that is in excess of a lot of other parts of the country right now. So that is a huge growth potential. Yeah, and we're very confident about the future of manufacturing, not just in Tallahassee-Leon County, but throughout the entire region. And that is uh, why Kevin joined our team a couple of years ago. His background and expertise um, really puts a value add behind our targeted industry and our new relationship with Florida Makes. Um, providing business advisory assistance to our local manufacturers. It was very important to us and to the growth of the region. Uh, Kevin, well, let's talk about that great follow-up here of not only what you bring to the table, but how we can maybe go beyond the old bidding wars that we used to see where every locality in the United States was out to get, you know, the next U.S. steel or whatever. And so, man, we're just going to throw physical plant at them and they'll get their infrastructure for free. They'll never pay taxes. And then someone comes along with a better deal 10 years down the pike and they're gone. How do you get away from that syndrome? Well, what we're trying to do as part of OEV's initiative uh, is to, you talk about research, is to use that research to our advantage. With the with the MAG Lab uh, in our backyard, uh, we have a huge potential for collaboration with uh, many different industries around the world. Uh, so we can bring those organizations here uh, to work with the MAG Lab, to start with the research side and then have them grow into a manufacturing organization, to have them develop that uh, that uh, the facility and that team uh, and hire local uh, local people to to fill those spots. So that's part of it. And and with that, um, Christina mentioned Florida Makes. Uh, Florida Makes is the the, the Florida uh, MEP representative, the Manufacturing Extension, Extension Partnership for Florida. So, uh, what Florida Makes does is they bring together. I think there's 14 different regional manufacturing associations throughout the state. And the Big Bend Manufacturing Association, which we have started here uh, in a nine-county region, um, is, is here to help those local companies grow, as I said earlier, and, and to um, – um, provide resources to them that they may not necessarily have on staff at all times and not, may not necessarily need on staff at all times. So that's the kind of a two-pronged approach we're, we're taking to, uh, to just help grow the economy and help get people employed. 
A lot of people aren't aware of the story behind Danfoss Turbo Corps. And I remember when you guys had the the groundbreaking for it. We were out there to cover it and then seeing how the the corporation has advanced and progressed and expanded through time. So, Christina Chancy, if I can ask you, for the benefit of folks who don't know that story, how did a company originally based in Canada wind up in Tallahassee, Florida and have its preeminent manufacturing center here? Sure. So, um, so Turbocore, which was the original name of the company, actually was a startup in Australia. They then moved to Canada and then decided to move to Tallahassee. And part of the reason they did that was because of the resources that we have here. So kind of like Kevin mentioned, we have this one of the largest mag labs in the world. Um, you know, that was something that really brought them and interested them in the area because if you're not familiar with our products, what we build is commercial compressors and we use magnets in our compressors. So this is a renew- more renewable product than we've seen in the past. Um, and it's a newer product on the market. So there's a lot of possibilities with that. But that's what interested them in the area. Um, and then um, along the way, they were um, bought by a- another company, Danfoss, which is our kind of mother company. So you'll hear it called Danfoss Turbocore. And Danfoss is actually a go- global company. We have over, over 40,000 employees globally. Um, and so, you know, it's really cool to have um, Danfoss Turbocore right here in Tallahassee. Um, so we're actually expanding right now, and I, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more later, but um, they're really investing right here in our backyard. So we just built a brand new um, office building and facility, and we're actually just broke ground on a brand new manufacturing facility as well. And, and how many people do you employ over there, and what is the economic impact locally? So we have um, 265 full-time employees and about uh, 20 contractor temp employees um, at our facility. Um, as far as the impact, I'm going to send that uh, economic impact. I'll send that to one of these two because uh, they can probably provide those numbers for you. Okay, guesstimate, guys. How much do, does it bring in? When you, it's funny that you mentioned that. One of the things that we talked about with Ricardo doing recently is really taking a look holistically of the Danfoss story from 2009 to when the new manufacturing um, opens and the total economic impact it has here and the growth that it um, really shows on the magnetic industry as a whole. And that's something that we're going to be working on um, with them as totals. We usually have the breakdowns by project um, for that for that manufacturing facility. And you're looking at doubling your workforce then too by bringing on that new facility, correct? Yeah, we're definitely expanding right now. Um, You know, we currently have about 30 open positions that we're actively recruiting for and continuing to add new positions as, uh, as we move forward with this new project. And which is really exciting because, again, you think of in terms of the old-fashioned factories that used to dot the American landscape, particularly up in the Rust Belt area and upper Midwest and all that, and you think, boy, they have like 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 people who work there. Those factories may not be as common as they used to be, but what you're talking about, Christina, with Danfoss Turbocore and getting into the 300, 400, perhaps 500 employee threshold, that you add them up and that can be a bunch of folks here. We're talking manufacturing here on this special edition of Perspectives live in studio and interactive from WFSU Public Media. If you have a question for our panel or you'd like to express your opinion, you're always welcome to do so at 850 414 
1234. You can also send us an email, perspectives at wfsu.org. And a reminder that the program is always available online at wfsu.org. We archive each show in its entirety, and it's typically up within usually a day or so after it actually appears on the radio, so you can go back and review it again and again for your edification and listening pleasure. We're going to be right back in just a moment. Don't go away. back on Perspectives talking about a new initiative to bring more manufacturing activity to the Tallahassee-Leon County area and beyond a regional kind of initiative that we're going to be talking about. And uh, we just came off uh, talking about the uh, ever-growing impact of Dan Foss Turbocore on not only the employment situation in our area, but also economic development and uh, Marshall and Pete, since uh, you're kind of the treasurer of an organization that is helping to promote more manufacturing, talk about that group and and what you guys are trying to do. Absolutely. Um, Kevin brought me in uh, last year to a new association in the area. It's called Big Ben Manufacturing Association. And Kevin kind of put that together with OEV so that we could focus our energy on bringing more manufacturing here to the area and also helping the manufacturers that are here um, to grow and to, you know, be connected and, and through Florida Makes, it allows them to access some resources that, you know, they may not know about right now for the state of Florida. And Kevin is here as a resource because of his background in manufacturing. He's able to kind of help them through anything that they might need as far as growing their business. Um, but I sit on the board with um, Kevin and Melody from Altrua and Mitch from DV Up Socks. And we are just now in the process of trying to grow that association so we can get those connections made for the people here in Tallahassee um, and and further out in the other counties as far as uh, in the Big Bend area. So hopefully, you'll if you haven't heard from any of us yet, you'll be hearing from us if you own a manufacturing firm in this area. We're, we're going to reach out and see if we can get everybody kind of on board um, and get everybody connected so that we can use that association to help everybody. For, for folks who say, boy, the era of manufacturing, though, is long over. Everyone fled to China or some other offshore location because of pricing and cheaper labor and all that kind of thing. I'm looking at your brewery as a great example that flies in the face of that because in the early days of America, just about every town had a hometown brewery. Mm -hmm. You didn't have the big guns like Coors and Anheuser-Busch and those folks. Every city had at least one brewery and usually many, many more. And now we've seen a resurgence of that. Absolutely, especially here in Tallahassee, we we have five breweries so far and growing. Um, and so I think that having a local product like ours, where we can concentrate on what the local people want and give them a place to gather, just increases the community outreach that we can do in in a brewery setting. Let's find out about uh, another business here at the table. Tracy Cohen, president of Target Print and Mail. Talk about your business, what it does, how it does what it does, and and why you're here, really. Well, thank you. Uh, well, uh, my business is Target Print and Mail. We 
are what not probably not what you would consider a traditional manufacturing business, but when you get down to the nuts and bolts of what we do, we are creating a custom product every single day for various clients throughout the throughout the, the Tallahassee area and actually even the country. Um, we produce everything from business cards to trade show materials, so from very small to very large, and. Um, we also do a significant amount of political and direct mail to the entire country. That takes place in Tallahassee. I'm shocked and appalled. It sure does. I can't imagine <laughs> such a thing. But, but you've had to, I guess, adapt and be more value-added oriented with your business because, let's face it, everybody's got a, a color laser printer. You can crank out your own stuff. You don't have to have that done by a company like yours. Well, I think that there are people who would say, yes, that's true for the person who wants to print some handouts for their class or for, um, you know, for personal use. But when it comes to actual large scale production of print materials, you definitely do not want your inkjet printer trying to pump that stuff out. Um, we are here basically as a resource for companies, large companies in Tallahassee and small to be able to make their message heard by by everyone who wants to hear it. Christina Paredes, uh, you you cannot help but notice, as we have gone around the table, that that these um, three folks who are involved in manufacturing are women. Yes, I noticed that yesterday when I was sending out everybody the reminder, and I got very excited, especially since March is Women's History Month, and and we got great women in the manufacturing area. I think Tracy's a certified uh, woman-owned business with OEV, and 28. 8% 8% of the uh, manufacturing workforce in the Big Bend area is made up out of women. That is an impressive figure, that is. And it also, though, brings to mind another thing that maybe, I, I don't know, um, you might be able to talk about a little bit here. Not just in your position with OEV developing new manufacturing opportunities for distant manufacturers, but also helping folks locally who want to get into this line of work. Yeah. So that, that again, that, as I said earlier, um, that's part of our role is to not only help uh, local companies grow and, and, and advance and reach their potential and, and what they want to do, uh, but uh, attract other companies to the area in, uh, in our targeted industries, especially, uh, which uh, magnetics, of course, is a large part of that. As well as any other applied science type of thing, healthcare. Um, so yes, that's part of my role. Uh, and with the Big Bend uh, Manufacturing Association, the the growth side of it to help local companies. Um, um, that's where, like I said, I can go in and help them with some skill sets that they may not have. Um, and if I don't have the skill set, I can find the resource for them that does. A big deal also is though. Employment. You mentioned that before. And is that really helpful if some potential manufacturer uh, comes to you at the Office of Economic Vitality and says, you know, here's what we need in terms of the personnel to pursue our endeavor in your area? If you could provide us with a turnkey workforce, man, we are there next week. Yeah, that is part of it as well. Um, Actually, I just met with. uh, Tallahassee Community College here earlier this week and their Advanced Manufacturing Technical Center to see what they have going on. They have a new um, welding class that they're offering, just started up there in January. Uh, they do a lot of work with other local manufacturers, including Dan Foster Turbocore, in their workforce development. And uh, 
um, as part of the Big Bend Manufacturing Association, the BBMA, in its nine-county region. Um, was it, I think last month, uh, a few weeks ago, I went out and spoke with the uh, the team at North Florida College um, to see if there can be collaboration through the manufacturers on the east end of the region uh, to work with the educational institution out there. So growing and developing the, the skill sets needed in the workforce locally is one of our, uh, one of our top objectives for the, uh, for the manufacturing association. Since, Christina, you're involved with HR over Dan Foss TurboCore, is it difficult to find people to do that work? That, that is not just you're on the line, you pick something up, you move it to the next station and back and forth all day long. You have some pretty technically demanding positions on that assembly line over there. Sure. Um, so, you know, some of our positions, are, we, we would consider them entry level. So you don't have to have a ton of manufacturing experience for that. Um, we're looking for someone who's, you know, excited about the opportunity, willing to come in and, and learn um, how to do it. Um, some of our other positions are a little bit more technical. So we have like CNC machinists and things like that, um, where you do have to have some technical background or that would be really helpful in those roles. Um, so, you know, sometimes it is challenging to find um, some people for those positions, but, you know, we've had a lot of success in different ways. Um, we have relocated people to the area as well um, who have those uh, backgrounds, um, but we are currently working with TCC. Um, so Kim Moore, she's the VP of Work. Uh, workforce development over at TCC. So we recently um, had a production internship uh, program that we started with them. So it was a, a partnership with them um, where they actually gave um, the people selected scholarships and they um, they went to, uh, to, to courses through TCC and got a couple of different certifications through the program. So they got a pr production technician certification. Um, they got an OSHA certification. And I think there was one more certification. I can't remember what that one was called off the top of my head. But then they also worked with us part-time as well. So they were getting real-world experience also. Um, so it just was um, a, a program to kind of get them in the field, kind of see what it's about. If you've never worked in a production environment, it was, you know, a way to kind of get a foot in the door. Um, and so, you know, we had a lot of a success with that program. Um, I am working with them right now. We're going to revamp it a little bit because um, we have some ideas on how maybe we can get someone in some of the more technical roles. So maybe um, get them some experience with – uh, you know, measuring parts and, and pneumatics, which is what would be needed for those roles, um, and partnering with uh, TCC, who, you know, they know how to train people on those skills. So uh, more information to come on that, um, but we're working with them on this new program, and, and we're really excited about that. And that will help us with the hiring because we'll, we'll create a pipeline. So, you know, sometimes people, you know, they're like after high school, you know, I'm going to go to college and get my degree, but there are other opportunities here too. And so we want to emphasize that in the community as well and make sure people are aware of these other opportunities also. Okay. What does it take to make beer, Marshall Pete? <laughs> How do you train people to do that? Uh, you can do it at home, you know, you get your little kit and, and try that, but you're doing it on a much larger, uh, more commercial scale. So how do you tell people how to do that? Well, I'm not the right person to talk about that just because I stay in my lane and I, I do back of house paperwork. That's what I'm good at. Um, Ron would be the person to, you know, talk you through how to how to brew beer or, or John Myers, who also brews beer with us over at Deep. Um, it's it's a complicated process. It's a lot of technical aspects, a lot of numbers to understand, you know, water chemistry, malting, things like that. But it's something where you can learn as you're doing it. So if you love brewing and you love that 
aspect of, you know, creating things. It's a nice mix of being creative and also being technical, um, which was a great fit for Ryan because he's he's really good at chemistry and also very good at at um, doing, you know, like putting pipes together and things like that. So it's it's a good mix of things like that. Um, and part of part of what we're doing here in Tallahassee is we always support um, OEV every year. We do a collaboration with the Mag Lab for um, for the Psy Girls uh, charity that they do, which I love the fact that they're like promoting women in STEM programs and things. Um, we do uh, what we call electromagnetic bitter which is uh, a beer that we brew and we sell in the brewery and Kevin and his team comes over with the mag lab and we do a big production and uh, Mitch with divvy up socks did some socks last year. It was like a whole big, um, whole big thing. And then target copy did all of the printing and, and advertising for that. So it was a whole like community collaboration on doing something that was, was successful in the community and also helping the community grow and, and get information out there about a bunch of different um, things in the community. So we love doing that. We're going to do that again in April this year. That's, that's right, because we're headed back into the in-person open house over at the Mag Lab, mm-hmm. which is always an exciting event. And what they're, uh, they usually attract like eight or 9,000 people over there yeah. to that. If you've never seen it, it is something that is really unusual in the world of science at that level. It's um, it would be almost like if you went over to Switzerland and um, CERN, the the world's largest uh, collider that goes for like 17 miles uh, underground in Switzerland. If they opened that up to everybody, which would never happen. Mm-hmm. But here you've got the world's most sophisticated and largest uh, uh, magnet lab uh, available just to play around with yeah, and see what goes corner. on there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really crazy. Well, since you were name-checked... Tracy, <laughs> you you were talking, I think, earlier out in the in the lobby that you didn't have a formal like internship program or anything because of the size of your organization. But where do you get your folks to help you do what you do? We uh, we try to recruit the best we can through um, the way that most most businesses here in town do. We use uh, online programs. We beg our employees to ask their friends. Um, we find that the, some of the best employees we have are referrals from people who we already have. Um, but for the most part, we we just look for the same types of people that you guys have mentioned. I mean, it doesn't. The, we don't need seriously technically skilled people. We just need people who are willing to learn a new skill and who are excited to learn a new skill. Yeah, because that seems to be, Christina Perez, the big problem across the country right now, attracting people into any kind of business or industry or nonprofit or government or anything. We're down three reporters. We can't find anyone to, I mean, we've got feelers out there and ads and everything else, but we're in the same boat as everyone. How much is that kind of handicapping what we're trying to do in regards to the manufacturing initiative here? It it's a challenge. It is. It's a, and as you mentioned, it's a challenge that everybody's having across the country, and so that's why the Big Bend Manufacturing Association is so important 
to be able to connect to the manufacturers, to be able to listen to their workforce needs, and to work with our workforce partners to help build those talent pipelines so that Tracy finds the talent she needs, um, Christina finds the talent she needs, and Marsha and Ryan find the talent that they need too. And we're again, we're covering a 10-county or 9-county region um, across North Florida to make those connections and really support that growth and um, continue that growth into the future. All right. There is, uh, I think, another uh, aspect of this that uh, I, I find endlessly fascinating is that you are availing the potential workforce, uh, many of whom are looking for a change. The fact that they dropped out is because they were sick to the teeth of whatever it was that they were doing and didn't see a future or any kind of growth potential personally for them there. And you're giving them options. You're saying, have you thought of this? Here is something really neat. And a lot of other people uh, have jumped into it and find this to be a fulfilling and a remunerative career and all that. And if you haven't thought of it, it might be something for you to to take a look at, to, to make your life a lot more interesting and we're doing Prosperous. that with high schoolers, too, on April 22nd, the hosting the Leon Works Expo. That'll be back in person this year. Um, you know, we had a, a conversation with about it this morning. That's really important to be able to show our high school students the career opportunities that exist within manufacturing, IT, healthcare, and um, many of our other industries, even through government as well. Um, in that, because that's very important that our high school students see a future here in our community and what those career paths look like. Okay, it's coming up on 22nd of April, uh, the Leon Works Expo. And, and where is it going to be, Christine? It'll be held at the Civic Center. So if you have listeners out there that are interested in trying to connect with the future of their workforce, um, high school seniors, so that means that they'll be looking for jobs after graduation, um, will be there, as well as juniors, so, so future workforce as well. And it's a great opportunity to really um, showcase your business and try to attract that talent of tomorrow. It's a buffet of opportunity. Yes, right? it is. Yes, for both the employers and the um, students seeking new opportunities. Okay, one thing we want to address here in a moment, I know we're bearing down on a break here in about a minute or so, but I want to be thinking in these terms, since we are a uh, government-oriented town <laughs> somewhat, um, a big reason for the lack of manufacturing nowadays is that we have uh, systematically kind of disassembled all of the supportive mechanisms, the supportive infrastructure, the supply chains, all of these things that help to make a manufacturer viable and able to produce. And I'm wondering what opportunities there might be for government at all levels, whether the feds, uh, which seem to be kind of on board with this type of uh, a national initiative to revive manufacturing in this country, along with the state of Florida and even local governmental entities to get involved in what uh, you guys are attempting to do, not only through the Office of Economic Vitality, but also the uh, Big Ben Manufacturing Association. And we want to get into that in a moment right here on Perspectives. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you too. 850-414-1234 or drop us an email, perspectives at wfsu.org. Manufacturing on the table. We'll talk more about it when we return.
Manufacturing our topic du jour here on Perspectives. And uh, Kevin Gerke and your role as business development guy over at the Office of Economic Vitality here. Can we talk about that, uh, whether it's supply chains or supportive infrastructure or all of that? Because no manufacturing, in fact, no business, but particularly manufacturing, because you're taking in raw materials and all unfinished product and you're assembling and messing around with it and then it comes out as something else but you got to get that stuff in here first are we at a disadvantage here in this region when it comes to those sorts of things to plug into hey i need this and this and this and this can you guys get it for me well i'm looking around the table and i see a bunch of nodding heads so yes here in this area in this region we are at a bit of a disadvantage and through oev and through the bbma we are trying to work to correct some of those issues um when we try to attract businesses to the region, there's a few things they look for when it comes to supply chain. They're looking for a, a port for seafaring material. They're looking for a, a viable airport to get material in and out in railroad um, and, and also the uh, highways. So uh, at this point, we have the, the airport. Uh, of course, we have 10, Highway Interstate 10 coming right through, which are both good, but we lack the the seaport and also the railroad side of things. So um, we're currently working with uh, the railroad to see if there's any way we can improve in the uh, the amount of access we have to the rail system through this through this region, and also the seaports. The closest we have is Panama City and also uh, Jacksonville. So that that is a bit of a limiting factor. Not as much as uh, as the railroad is. Um, one thing that we're working with the airport on is to uh, implement a foreign trade zone in the region, uh, which would allow companies to bring materials in from overseas and um, um, either delay or eliminate the need to pay the, the taxes and the duties on that material while it's here in, in the United States. Uh, so it will uh, enable them to save some costs, some of the manufacturing and, and um, um, the cost that they have to produce the the product that they have going on. So that's a few things we're working on. Okay. Does does that at the airport, the international designation, does that help? Does that kind of set the stage for what you're talking about? It, exactly. It does. The first designation was to to get the international name to the airport. Uh, the second part is to actually build and complete their um, the international terminal they're looking for or looking to put together for the freight. Um, and then the third part is to once that's up and available is to apply for the foreign trade zone status through the through the federal government. All right. And uh, but before we move on here, just thinking of the fact that we do have a locally run railroad. I know they're part of a, a Boca consortium, but mm-hmm. Gulf and Atlantic is really mm-hmm. a Tallahassee-based railroad. Right. Does it make it easier than dealing with a, a monster like CSX? Or? It, it, it does. And and because they're local, they can see the impact. I mean, here in Tallahassee, I think we only have one major spur coming off the railroad line that, that we can work with. And um, you know, a few of the companies that we've worked on in the past, they would like a spur coming right next to their facility so they can unload material and load it back on to ship it out. Uh, that would be uh, that that is one of the limiting factors. So there's opportunities that we've missed because we didn't have that available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R- real good point. But uh, uh, well, let's go on that line here also to you, Christina Chancy. We talked about why Danfoss Turbo Court is here, but what more kinds of things would Dan Foss Turbocore need to do even more than what you've already described, which is huge, 
But what would you guys like to see? Make your lives easier over there. Well, this all sounds great. So this is all news <laughs> to me. I'm sure that they would be very, very happy um, to hear about that. Um, so I think things like that and, you know, the the work that, that the EO – the OEV team is doing, you know, they have real impacts to the business. So, you know, and they have very close relationships with us at the business. So they, so they do regularly meet and say, Hey, what do you guys need? And then they work to make those changes. Um, you know, I think as we continue to grow there, there may be different things, um, you know, but we, we've worked with the community, um, to, to be able to get this manufacturing facility here. So that's what we're looking at right now. So it's a very exciting, um, we have what we need. Um, there's a lot going on just in the world right now that impacts, you know, and we talked about supply chain and stuff like that. Um, but all of these things that, that they're working on, I think will, you know, really make improvements and probably bring more business businesses to the area. So it's very exciting. Okay. Marshall, what do you, what do you guys need? Over at Deep Brewing, besides more beer drinkers, of course, that's always helpful. But uh, we would love more beer drinkers yeah. over at Deep Brewing. <laughs> um, I think for for us, we're able to to get you know the supplies that we need in. The challenge right now that we're having is the timing of of some of that. You know, used to we would we could get things kind of a just in time because we're a small manufacturer, and it's helpful if we can just order it and get it in a just in time. That way, we don't have to you know bulk warehouse all of these things. Um, and in recent days, it's it's grown to, you know, several days or, you know, a week or so in order to get products in. And so now we need to look at more warehousing so that we can, you know, hold things on site for, for longer. Um, but also, you know, I think part of the challenge where that we're seeing is transportation. So getting getting things in and out is really hinging on are there truck drivers available? And and a lot of that is now directly related to gas. And so I think we've seen that as that goes up, our price goes up for freight in and out. Um, and and there's a lack of, of people going into that field, which is unfortunate because it's a, it's a good field and it's needed. But that's another thing that I think um, the, the colleges in the area or OEV is, you know, working to to make that something of interest again. Yeah, I see a lot of businesses saying, oh, those driverless trucks, we can't wait. <laughs> and a lot of other folks saying, mm -mm, I will never share the highway with one of those yeah. things. So, yeah. That yeah is that's a back and forth, I think, with, yes, it would be nice if you could just, you know, plug something in and, and the little truck just show up, you know, like, but there's a lot of challenges for that. And so I think at least in the, you know, near future, we, we need more truck drivers available and on the road. Oh, okay. Tracy Cohen, what do you need for your business? What would you like to see besides more business, of course? Well, I mean, that's always nice. But I mean, our biggest challenges right now are, are supply chain related. We are having an extraordinary time getting paper. Every day is a, um, is a battle with our suppliers trying to see what's available and what we can you know, sell to our customers and what we cannot. And it's, it's been a really interesting and tough challenge. Um, I will say that um, OEV has been a huge part of our sustainability and our growth over the last couple of years. Kevin actually came in, and um, when we were expanding one of our departments, um, we really needed to look at how efficient 
um, it was and how efficient we could make it. And so Kevin actually came in and did an entire site plan for us, did a, a, um, some f- floor mapping, determining how many steps it takes to get from one place to the other, and really helped us kind of become a more efficient operation in this particular department. And we're hoping that we can do that with all departments as we move forward. And so what that does for us is, and what that does for all of our manufacturing is, is it makes us, it, it enables us to be more efficient. It enables us to look at things um, in a different way and it lets us grow and, and hire more people. And so the more that we can kind of engage um, with this level of expertise and bring in OEV and uh, and really try to become more uh, efficient businesses, the better off Tallahassee is going to be. So we we really, we are so grateful for what they brought to the table. And so we hope that they continue to provide that service and more. And, and usually that's the kind of thing that you would see at a major corporation, a big right. international or national company where they have either that facility available in-house or they have contractors who will bring it in and provide it. But here, your business, you got it. Right. I mean, we have 21 employees. We're not a, we're not a large company, but we have the resources of a large company in this, in Kevin and in OEV. So it's, I mean, it's an amazing resource that everyone should be able to take advantage of. And, and that's, that's, yeah. the, that's the role of the, the BBMA. Mm-hmm. That what we're trying to promote is this region is full of small to medium-sized businesses. And, and, and like I said earlier, those small to medium-sized businesses, they, they, they hire the people to get the job done today. Um, but for the growth and expanse that that they want to pursue, um, they don't have that skill set in, in their toolbox. So that's where the association can step in and help. Whether I can step in, in this case, I stepped in at Target Print and Mail and you know, I, I did a little bit of training on some some lean tools and, and activities, and and really, what I did is I, I, I educated the team on the, these tools and let them redesign the floor, let them redesign the layout of what would work best for them because they know their process better than I do. Uh, they work it every day. I'm, I was in there, you know, a handful of times to help them out. So they, the team there redesigned the process and made it the most efficient for how they want to run the department. And it's, it's a great success uh, for them. Um, but that's how we can step in. And as I said, if, if, if I don't have the skill set to step in, um, then I can find it through other areas of the association. Terrific. Brian wants to join the conversation here on the telephone, uh, giving us a call as we discuss manufacturing potential and opportunities here in this region. Hey, Brian, thanks for calling. Welcome to Perspectives. Hello. Hey. Um, I just wanted to say, um, as far as the Office of Economic Vitality goes, they've uh, they've done a good job. But uh, unfortunately, um, thanks to our local commissioners, they're going to be OEV is going to be hamstrung. Uh, my understanding is with less than a million dollars over the next five or six years, at least, for these uh, development projects that would be very helpful to the private sector. Uh, well, they chose to, to give away twenty million dollars plus financing uh, to an entity that has much more uh, vast resources than the local governments combined. And I don't want to, I'm not asking anybody to comment on it. I don't want to put them on the spot. But I just wanted to remind people of that, that we just lost a big opportunity uh, to do some of these great things in the private sector um, for the possibility of uh, a handful of permanent jobs. 
Well, let's uh, let, let's find out here, Brian, if we could uh, talk to the director of OEV, who happens to be Christina Prentiss, who's right here. Does that hamstring you, you guys, Tom, Christina? Tom, the Office of Economic Vitality is open and fully dedicated to our mission to drive and accelerate business growth opportunities and help sustain our local businesses. And the Big Bend Manufacturing Association is a perfect example of that. We're looking outside to leverage resources through Florida Makes and our partnerships, um, identifying expertise such as Kevin to be able to come in and assist our local manufacturers so they can grow, increase their profit lines, hire more people, and again, return that uh, back to our community. And there's no fee for this at all. It's something that we do because we want to see that growth of our local of our local companies as well as attract those new companies in. And our team is dedicated to that mission and vision. While we're here in your corner here, I was just wondering, is the kind of unspoken monster in the room, though, the fact that we are about to become a major distribution center with not one but two big Amazon warehouses? You were talking, uh, Marsha, about warehousing. We're going to have them, two big ones. Does that change the landscape any? Besides, I mean, the physical landscape. It will change the labor landscape. You will see a shakeup in the labor shed area, too, as, as Amazon comes on board and starts hiring people. And that's just not – that's going to be region-wide, not just here. And uh, it'll, and more than likely also bring in some workers from Georgia as well. Where We work very closely with Amazon as they're continuing to build out their phase. And you'll probably start seeing um, an active recruitment of that um, going into the fall of 22. Um, the second facility is something they're still planning on strategically from that, so we don't have any details to disclose on that. But the Robotics um, Fulfillment Center will come online in the winter of 22-23. And, um, you know, we're really excited about that opportunity, excited about the jobs that it will um, uh, attract and the people that will be able to fill those jobs. Benefits on day one as well. Um, but we'll be working locally as well to uh, to help with all the all the, all of our um, companies from that standpoint. And we sit on a talent development council made of TCC, Lively, Career Source, and the Chamber. And our our goal is to kind of build these talent pipelines that we're talking about and taking things that we learn from these companies to really help focus on those key uh, key industries within our area. Folks, in the few moments we have remaining, I wanted to go around the table just real quick. And, and let each of you give kind of a pitch, if you would, uh, not an elevator pitch, uh, but just something really short and kind of punchy, why someone should consider getting into the type of business that you are in. Okay, Tracy uh, Cohen, why don't you start us off here? Sure. Uh, for me, in my particular industry, there is nothing more fulfilling than taking a raw material and making something amazing out of it. Um, put, putting, uh, taking someone's idea, someone's um, concept, and making it tangible is such a fulfilling, amazing experience. And I think that uh, you, there are so many ways to make that happen. Printing is one of them. Beer is another. Yeah. <laughs> Compressors are I don't even, are another. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's it's a really it's an amazing thing to be able to do that. And so that's for me that's that's what's fulfilling about it. Terrific. I vote for the beer. Uh, Marshall Lapique. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have the most fun industry at the table, maybe. Um, at least the most relaxing. I, I, we joke about the fact that, you know, even if you're having a bad day, I mean, we pour beer for a living. So every day is a good day. So <laughs> um, just, you know, having people come into the brewery and having a community aspect um, 
that, you know, people can finally relax and meet and greet everybody again is is super exciting for us. Okay. Thank you. Christina Chancey. So, you know, I think that, you know, when you're thinking about a career, a career in manufacturing, you can think of it as a career, right? So a lot of times we think of it as a job. Oh, I'll have a job. But there are real career opportunities here. You know, there are positions that you can be trained for, you know, people will make careers out of this. And, and so I think it's really great to know that these opportunities are here. Because I mean, I will tell you for myself, I didn't know what Danfoss was before I I started there. And I'm from Tallahassee. I grew up here, you know, lived here most of my life. So, you know, I think it's important to have these conversations. So we know what is here. Um, And as far as our product, you know, commercial compressors are like, First of all, what is that? But it is a part that goes into a really big air conditioner is what it is. But um, it's really exciting what we're doing here because this is a brand new technology. Um, And and some of the inventors of this technology are right here in Tallahassee. And um, we're changing the world, really, um, because it's a more renewable product than there has been before. Um, And so it's really, really exciting. I never thought I would be excited about commercial compressors or compressors in general, um, but it is. It's really, really exciting. And so I think it's really cool that um, there's something like this in Tallahassee that you can get on board and be part of a team of and then make a career from. Um, so that's why we want to keep on having these conversations. And Kevin Kirk, if you do your job right, we're going to have more folks like this around yeah, here. Absolutely. And and I think, um, you know, listening to, to the ladies at the table and, and talking about careers, uh, obviously we want to grow the economy and get people jobs and in manufacturing. And one, people, one thing that I want to make sure everybody understands, when we talk about manufacturing, we're not just talking about somebody driving a screw or plugging in a wire. We're talking about all different career uh, paths you can have. Uh, whether it is, you know, uh, somebody working on the floor and, and doing the physical labor, or if it's in engineering, or if it's in sales, if it's in purchasing, if it's in management, if it's in logistics and, and supply chain, um, every any avenue you can imagine of a career is involved in manufacturing. Very good. And Christina Paredes, you get the last word. Last word. Two, two things. Um, one, I want to, in light of Women History Month and the great women we have at this table, really encourage women to look at the opportunities within the manufacturing manufacturing field. And two, if you're interested in learning more about the Big Ben Manufacturing Association or becoming a member, what it's you get get in this year, you get the next year free, kind of like a two for, two for one deal. So um, we'd love to uh, to increase that membership, uh, show you the value add that we talked about today, and really help your company grow. So encourage women to be part of manufacturing, and all manufacturers out there, give us a call across the Big Ben region uh, to become part and learn more about the BBMA. Folks, it has been a lovely conversation, very lively and informative, and thank you all for what you have done in support of manufacturing here in our community, and may there be much more as we lean forward into the future. Thanks, folks, for being on Perspectives today, which is produced by WFSU-FM in Tallahassee, technical assistance provided by Taylor Cox, Lydell Rawls, on the phones and online connections. Kim Kelling is our executive producer, and I'm Tom Flanagan. See you next week.